Hey friends, I go by Chavid Dang. Yo fam, I'm Dine Peace. You're listening to Sit Down, Be Hungry. If it ain't shabu, we ain't hot potting. Welcome to episode three of Sit Down, Be Hungry. In this episode, we recap Dine Peace's amazing Vietnamese bar bite pop-up, Anchoy. I talk about how much I suck at being vegetarian. We give you some of the juicy bits, including the return of McDonald's Mulan Szechuan sauce. And we got another sauce and on you to argue over. Episode three, Chance the Kit Kat Rapper Edition. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. Be hungry. Be hungry. Hey, Ben Mommies and Ben Poppies. It's Dine Peace here. Chava Dang over here. Welcome to episode three of Sit Down, Be Hungry. It's our chance to Kit Kat Rapper episode. <laughs> Kit Kat Rapper. <laughs> uh, I want to shout out Tron Ferg for listening. I know her and I connect a lot because as kids, we loved fast food. So she knows exactly what we're talking about, especially with the shining the chicken nuggets into the light to see what kind of colored meat it was. <laughs> So shout out to Tron and supporting. I got to give a shout out to my friend James. Like he's, he, I met up with him for coffee last week and he just talked about how much he was into it. And uh, it's been real fun. Thanks to everyone for checking in with the Sauce and On News and uh, all the comments. And thanks for letting us know where you stand with your chicken. Yeah, always voice your opinions and post it on the internet so we can know. Yeah, Instagram, SoundCloud, we welcome the comments anywhere. You got into something this weekend. Yeah, I had my first pop-up for the year, Anchoy Bep at Muka. I would say it was pretty successful, pretty much sold out of everything. The bar was also sold out of the cocktails that they made for the event, so everyone left pretty happy and full, I think. I'd say so. I know you made uh, you made a couple orders. <laughs> I, I did. So yeah, I, I attended it as a, as a diner and patron, but uh, I'm curious your perspective, like being back there in the kitchen. I saw you come out a little bit and, you know, dance a little bit to the music and... <laughs> you know, kiss babies and shake hands and then back into the dungeon and just kept cranking out awesomeness. You know, like I felt like this was the first time that it went, I feel like for the most part it goes pretty smooth, but this time it was really stressless. Like I didn't really spend that much time to prep. Um, I did a couple little things here and there throughout the week, but day of, um, Big Bad Wolf. Um, shout out to Hajin. Yeah, shout out to Hajin. And Jen. For helping. And Jen helped at the front of the house and Hajin was my co-pilot in the back. And because they are veterans in the game, like I felt very confident and comfortable that we can execute this really well. Um, yeah, it was it was cool. I had a lot of fun. Like I I, I tried to drink, but it, <laughs> I think because of the adrenaline rush, it just wasn't the alcohol was just going straight through me. The bar owner came in and he was like, "Shots?" I was like, "Yes." <laughs> well, so we all took a bunch of shots, but it just didn't really do anything. Well, we'll get into the cocktails in a minute because they're very good. <laughs> they but I want to so. start with the menu. You want to give a breakdown of all the dishes so we can tell the folks? Yeah. So the first thing was called gum uh, jai, which is um, kind of like a savory rice crispy. It's a crispy rice cracker caramelized fish sauce, green onions, and the pork floss that I've talked about making Flossing. many times right now. And then uh, pate show, which is the crowd favorite. Um, I'd say so. I, I ate three of them. Kat told me that she felt like this was better than the last time. I loved them last time too. <laughs> so that that's that's one of my favorites. And then um, we had grilled corn with a green onion and oil topping. The main dish was lemongrass chicken with egg rolls, uh, vermicelli. And what I did with the chicken was I sous vide it for four hours and then seared it on a cast iron at the end before serving. And so I felt like that so that's was... that's how you got it so juicy. Like, I didn't know your process in it, but when I got into it, I was like, yeah, this is really... The meat was done right. There's no dryness in it whatsoever. I was like, is this a brine? I had to figure out what was the best way to cook 40 pounds of chicken <laughs> and keep it juicy. It was so definitely juicy. Sous vide was the way to go. 
This was like so basic, but it was, it was so good. It was um, simplicity. It worked. I freshly fried uh, shrimp chips. Or shrimp oh, I crackers, forgot about those. Yeah. And then just threw on some old bay seasoning on it. And it was so good together. Dude, those are awesome. Yeah, if I were to give my kind of take dish by dish, like the Rice Krispie, the first dish, I was surprised how much heat it held. Like when I ate it, I was like, this is really warm. I'm like, I'm not used to eating a Rice Krispie type thing. Yeah. It's warm, let alone a savory one. We basically fried to order. Yeah. And that was, yeah, the chips were in the same vein. Um, the corn, because it was oily and fatty, it like went perfectly with this crispiness of all the, the other two things that came before it. And then the vermicelli noodles or the boon and the chicken was perfect. We had uh, Dave and Patrick uh, from Cold Cuts Music Club come DJ the event. It. it was super fun. Yeah, I mean, they asked me to do it once a month and I was like, I, I physically can't do that, <laughs> but maybe I can commit to bi-monthly. Yeah, I don't know if my liver could either. <laughs> I, I, there were four also very delicious cocktails that the bar had put together. Yeah, I sampled all four. Oh, you did? I didn't know you yeah. had tried all. Yeah, I tried I tr all four when we were testing them and I got wasted the in the middle of the one, day. The tequila one was the best. Yeah, it's a, it was an ancho chili with tamarind margarita. Um, I was surprised in the color. Like it came out really murky. Yeah. And that's what was really exciting about it. Because you think like a tequila drink, For it's sure. going to be dark or it's clear, sorry. And lighter but no I liked its level of murkiness in it so actually the bar so owner nice. was like you know that was so successful let's put it to on the regular menu wow what I didn't know that yeah that's yeah awesome. so that's gonna be on the regular menu oh, that's now. dangerous yeah right. it was so good because right. it I was definitely I should not be knowing that it was definitely a creeper drink <laughs> yeah I'd say so I rode my bike there it was definitely a fun bike ride back to the ferry <laughs> Yeah, it was great. I loved it. I yeah. had a lot of fun and, um, you know, it wouldn't, I wouldn't do it if it was not fun. Right. So yeah, we'll do it again. Yeah. If you guys haven't been to one of Anne's, or sorry, Dine Pieces pop-ups yet, <laughs> or, or for this Bon Mami's pop-ups yet, <laughs> you guys got to make it cause oh, it's so good. Um, I'm going to plug myself in right now, but there is going to be a tasting dinner, uh, end of October, October 28th at Hotel Majestic. So be on the lookout. Mark your calendars guys. Yeah, Jordan. So thanks for coming to support again. Oh, of course, of course. <laughs> uh, besides the anchoy, but what else did you eat? Oh, man. Um, well, being a very failed vegetarian, um, <laughs> I'm still trying, guys. I'm like 80%. 20% it's, it's is... Fine. Yeah. At least you're trying. Yeah, C for effort. <laughs> uh, but a couple days ago, we had quite the excursion at the very fine establishment in the Tenderloin known as Halal Wings Plus. Yo, if you guys don't know about Halal Wings Plus, you need to know about Re it. Refer, about, refer to our previous album cover. If you're listening on SoundCloud, uh, the previous cover for the last show features this establishment in visual form. It's a very fine purveyor of chicken wings. So the thing about halal meat is that the animal slaughter is in accordance with Islamic law. It's actually more humane because the animal is unconscious. Yeah, so Halal Wings Plus is super proud of um, their product and it's it's written all over the restaurant and that's probably why their wings are small because they're not injected with all these crazy hormones. Quality, not quantity. They it taste better. And the prices are good, so you're going to eat way more wings than normal. Oh, and we definitely do. <laughs> but which is nice because you can test out different flavors. Uh, but I think we all decide on spicy lemon pepper is our favorite, right? So if you go there, you might have trouble finding it on the menu. Uh, it's technically not on the menu. It's written on like a faded piece of paper. A faded piece of paper. So if you know, you know. <laughs> yeah. So if you go to HWP, look for that secret flavor. You don't have to thank us. Just enjoy it. Yeah. But yeah, that last time we we got 70 wings. We did 70 wings and then you got some sides as well. Um, we killed it and we weren't. Let's, see, let's, I, let's I break down. Let's see. We, I, we didn't, did, I we, didn't get over. I wasn't full. Like I was content. Yeah. But I didn't feel disgusting. Like when me, you and Flan Reyes went. Oh, a couple weeks ago. Yeah. 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 After recording episode one. Just, yeah. This is. Let's we see. Went, what we did? We, we went did, twice in two weeks. We did the garlic parm. 
Um, spicy lemon pepper. Said, yeah, the, the secret flavor. And then regular salt and pepper. Yes. And then August had to have the... Oh, his mango hob. Mango hob. I, I don't know. I just liked abbreviating it at hob. Uh, I mean, I prefer dry wings, so... But that was a good mix-up in that in that a, spread we it had. Was it was nice. It, it was, was a nice break. Yeah. I smuggled in my orange sauce from uh, La Vix, which oh we have sitting on the table of us right now. Oh my God, Jordan brought all these hot sauces with <laughs> I really brought two hot sauces, but it felt like a lot. <laughs> Yeah, the garlic fries there were awesome. I got the other fry that just had like the ranch and barbecue sauce on it. And then that sleeper dish I got I really liked was that potato patty thing. Um, yeah, it kind of tasted kind of curried, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Being a, being a failed vegetarian, my goal was like, all right, I'm going to get this vegetarian sandwich while you guys do the wings. And I still ate some wings, but I just tried to hold off a little bit. I, I worked on my potato sandwich thing, which was really awesome. I'm, I would get it again. Came with a fried egg on it. But it was kind of yeah, mushed up potatoes into with spices into a patty, and they put it in the bun. The red onion, they put red was onion. Was it pickled on. red onion? No, it was regular. Just regular and red actually, red. I, I liked it more than if it would have been pickled because pickled I think would have made it too tart for oh, that instance. Got it, got it. But the like the sharpness of the raw red onion was perfect. I think the MVP was Paul, our friend Paul, because he already had a chicken dinner. And, and he, he still did, came and ate some wings. Shout well, out to he, Paul. He wanted to just come hang out, and we're like, Paul, you're here, so you got to try some. And he's like, All right, fine. <laughs> And then, yeah, after that, being being even more of a failed vegetarian, after that, a couple days later, a after your pop-up, uh, after Sweater Funk, actually, on Sunday, found this great little establishment known as Crispy Crunchy Chicken. Wait, so did you guys go to the one in East Bay or the one here in the in, No, we, in went, we went to the one uh, on Van Ness and Mission. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Because I wasn't, because when you guys were talking about I wasn't sure if you got it in Oakland or not. No, 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 no. So I know they're peppered out throughout everywhere, but we just happened to go after Sweater Funk. Um, I went with August and a uh, shout out to Rob or Methods. And uh, yeah, we got a 30 piece <laughs> or a 25 piece. Damn, that's a lot. <laughs> and uh, I had like one or two trying to be good. But, you know, when you put fried chicken in front of me, it's it's a losing fight for me. <laughs> I, I like their fried chicken. I think it's delicious. My favorite thing from them is um, they have regular butter biscuits and they also have a blueberry biscuit. Yeah, they talked about both. They only had the butter, the regular non-blueberry ones when we were there. But I guess let me rewind a little bit. If, if anyone hasn't heard of this place, so it's like a 24-hour, like, sitting in the heat trade fried chicken spot that's usually situated in a gas station. It's gas station or a strip mall. I looked it up. There's, like, hundreds of locations in the yeah, U.S. Yeah, and I was pretty... This was my first time. It's 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 pretty legit fried chicken. It, it does the job at, at 3 in the morning. I don't... I, I don't think anyone actually goes there to pump gas. They just come in <laughs> to buy fried chicken or, like, random bags of Doritos. That's true, to eat with said fried chicken. <laughs> yes. But, no, all, all that being said, it's pretty solid fried chicken. The For batter sure. is good. It Even if it's been sitting there, it doesn't taste like it. No, it doesn't. Um, the potato wedges are on point. They're very KFC-esque. I've never been at 3 a.m., but I've gone like... Oh, you have to. You haven't fully lived yet. Well, I've gone like regular times where there, I was waiting for it to be fried. Oh, okay. So I had it... No, I they, had brought out, they brought out a fresh tray when oh, we went nice. there, so we got that's lucky. Awesome. I don't know how regularly they do that, but... Um, I was going to say, 3 a.m. fried chicken that's been sitting there. I'm not sure about that. Yeah, after a couple of beers or what, what have you, <laughs> that might be skewed a little bit. I like the box that it comes in. It's like a little barn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so cute. Yeah. This is a segment in the pod we call the Juicy Bits, where we take some of the top food headlines around the web and bring them to you because your belly needs to know about them. So this first one we've got, robots are replacing food workers at the East Village location of Shake Shack. The funniest thing about this, the picture is like an iRobot guy holding a burger. <laughs> <laughs> and from what the looks of it, it's basically a kiosk that you're going to walk up to. It's touchscreen. 
you're gonna you know select the food that you want to eat and you pay with a credit card or your apple pay or you could pay via the shake shack app mm. Well, I love my Shake Shack, so I'll, I'll, I'll try whatever it takes to get that delicious burger. And so the workers are going to be dubbed hospitality champs, which will guide diners through possible tech glitches as they place orders at the kiosk. Hmm. So like you said, it was going to be iPad, iPad helpers. Glorif- or what is it? Glorif- Apple geniuses? Glorif- glorified <laughs> iPads. So they will not accept any cash. It's credit card only. And you could pay on your smartphone and tablet or using the restaurant's app. So do you think this will help speed things up? No way, dude. So I work in dentistry and I have a check-in station for patients to fill out their medical history form. And so patients are supposed to check in, fill out the medical history form, and then sit down. But what's- And be hungry? (laughs) (laughs) No. Sorry. And and wait to get drilled on. (laughs) And it's supposed to make it faster. Uh-huh. But it's not because I have to stand by them and basically do it for them. I mean, here in the Bay Area, we're pretty accustomed to like random tech getting inserted all aspects of life like this. And um, actually, there's another new and up and coming fast food chain that I like going to in San Francisco called Itza. And that's all automated, too. And there's only one champ- champion person there to help you use the kiosk there, too. It's in FIDI, right? Yeah, I go all the time. So it's, it's, it's really good. It's actually really affordable too. It's usually like seven, eight bucks, which for San Francisco lunch is really cheap. I mean, for, I make, so McDonald's on Sutter does the same thing. And I, and I guess like the location was chosen because of the demographic. It's a millennial that definitely knows how to use a touchscreen. Or doesn't like talking to people. I guess that's another point for why they're doing this. You know, more and more people these days are, you know, either they don't feel like interacting with someone or they just want to get their thing and get on their way. So I see why they're doing it for that reason, too. I get it. I mean, I guess it's not going to work everywhere, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but major cities, I can see this being a, uh, I guess, a profitable way because then they can turn around more people and then pay less overhead. Mm, that's very true. Uh, but, you know, bottom line, I don't really care about this story too much because I don't really give a crap about Shake Shack. Ooh, this might have to be a future saucing on you. I mean, dude, in and out all the way. <laughs> so here's my thing with in and out. Like, if I'm craving a burger, I want Shake Shack. If I'm craving in and out, I want in and out. When I want a burger, it's in and out. We'll save that. We'll save that debate for another show. So talking about McDonald's. What about McDonald's? It was a pretty big event that happened this last week. I guess McDonald's re-released a Mulan Szechuan sauce. Oh, no way. From Rick and Morty? I don't know. I guess I've never watched Rick and Morty before. Oh, you need to. I'm going to make you watch it later. All right. So so, this, so this well, tell me about this sauce because I don't know anything about it. So apparently, I mean, I was maybe too young to remember my parents... Pr- didn't get me McDonald's as much when I was younger, but they did this collaboration with Disney back in 1998 to release this Szechuan sauce to promote not only the movie, but their, to some of our listeners, mediocre chicken nuggets. <laughs> nuggets and, um, gotta go. Oh, wow. The article says that they they actually put it back out for the people. Uh, yeah, I guess so. It's limited release. It's not, it wasn't it's released hype, everywhere. It's hype sauce. It's hype sauce. Um, I think in San Francisco, there was only a few locations. There's one, there was one in East Bay. Wow. And it probably tastes nothing like Szechuan food at all. I know our friend Jug called Stonestown and they only had 200 available. And what's crazy is that I don't think Jug is the type of person to really go out of his way to actually call a McDonald's to find well, out when how you much watch sauce? the episode this sauce is pretty important in the episode uh, all right, and like I I'm saying I I, like I was saying I don't think it tastes anything like Szechuan sauce it, it looks I haven't had it it looks like it'd be like general so sauce 
So like kind of like a sweet caramely, and salty. Yeah, caramely, maybe a little garlicky. I don't know how fancy the McDonald's I've never had Genoso chicken before. Oh, wow. I watched the documentary on Netflix, but that's as far as it goes. That's I would not have thought that about you. Why? Being being a Chinese person, I do enjoy my fake Chinese food. I mean, my fake Chinese food is Panda Express. I, they have I, it there. I I get orange chicken. Is that the it, same? They're, is that the they're same? close. It's it's like not as citrusy orange chicken. Juan Reyes is sad that you. Wait, didn't. why? Because I've never had General So chicken. <laughs> <laughs> he said it's the best. He knows what's up. We Dude, gotta... my Panda Express order is the honey walnut shrimp yeah. and the orange chicken. So we need to go have a fake Chinese food day. I'll take you. Wait, before we stop talking about Panda Express, <laughs> pro tip, I always ask for a sample of the honey walnut shrimp, but I already know what it tastes like, <laughs> and they give you a whole shrimp. <laughs> Changing the game, guys. Dine piece dropping you with the, with the Panda Express hacks. You had us with the McDonald's hack last week. There's a tip for you for free. Yeah. Literally. I mean, yeah, back to McDonald's. <laughs> but I guess I was, now I remember where they were doing some promo videos. They actually sent the creators of Rick and Morty the sauce like way before this had happened. I think just to drum up some buzz. Honestly, I don't really eat McDonald's, but kudos to McDonald's. I If it's not all gone, I, I'll go out my way to get the sauce. So I think they um, w what happened is they released posters for this. Like they created new packaging for these sauces. And so you had an opportunity to get a poster to match the new, like the I guess the part that you peel off on the sauce. Mm -hmm. So listeners, let us know if anyone was able to cough any. Or if you want yeah, to send us some, um, maybe we'll put a P.O. box somewhere for the pod. <laughs> I'm not going to go out of my way to try it, but I am curious. I'm going to make you watch this episode, though. Um, but yeah, it's already on eBay. Like, some are already sold for $75 and up for one packet of McDonald's sauce that the shady McDonald's would charge you 25 cents for. Because <laughs> really, it should be free. <laughs> and it's interesting that it's kind of a nostalgia thing, but not really, because I think the genius in the Rick and Morty episode is that they brought back this obscure reference that I, I would assume not many folks actually remember, but the fact that they brought it back is what's made it popular. Because there's definitely been a trend of other companies out there that are bringing back these old products and making us feel all like nostalgia for them. But this one I think is a weird case in that. I'm assuming maybe the writers are a little older. Um, they're the yeah, other of our generation, which is why they can make such a relatable show. I, I don't remember this sauce at all. And I think that was probably the genius in the writing. Like no one even remembers this, but let's make it look and like I the most awesome And I love Mulan, thing. so I don't remember this at all. And as you guys know, I was a fan of chicken nuggets back then, especially with I the think, dark meat ones. I think we all are. We've seen the light. I mean, listeners know from last show, we've seen the light. But yeah, nugs nug, back then were, were the jam. But yeah, I'm curious to know who was able to get some. And please comment and let us know what your thoughts are about that. And is it General So sauce or not? But I, I have no reference. So I guess I should try some General So. Who wants to come eat with me? I'm down. I think Juan Reyes will come with me. <laughs> all right. So this last juicy bit has to do with some fancy water. Coca-Cola announced today that it has completed the acquisition of a growing Mexican sparkling water brand, Topo Chico, for 220 mil. What is 220 mil in pesos? Uh, I was just, we were just talking about this. Multiply it by 17, I think? Hold on, let's do the math real quick, because really? I want to know. I know, I love inflation. What is it, 200? I think a, I think right now roughly a 17 pesos is a, is a 17 dollar. 17 times 220 mil? Yeah, that's a lot of zeros. Does it let you go that far? Oh, there you go. I don't even know what this <laughs> 3.74 is. Wait, wait, rotate, it, rotate your phone, rotate your phone. 3 billion 740 million pesos. Pesos. <laughs> that is ridiculous. For some fancy water. <laughs> Dying. <laughs> I, I'm a fan of Trapa Chico. Right. So, Chico? so it says in the article, they're doing this to compete with LaCroix, which is very delicious. 
I mean, a year ago or like a year and a half ago, I was pretty obsessed. I actually signed up for an Amazon Prime account just so I could have LaCroix delivered to my door because I live on second floor. I mean, I feel like it has been kind of like the beverage success story of this decade. You're seeing it everywhere now. I mean, for sure, my ex never really drank water, but he drank at least four cans a day. That's why we had to have 10 cases on deck always. Thank God for Amazon Fresh to deliver on I the mean, second floor. I love Topo Chico, so I'm wondering now, like, is it going to be more available? And am I, am I going to share the fridge space with Topo Chico? You know how like Mexican Coke in Mexico has real, real sugar? Real yeah. sugar. Mm-hmm. And here it's different. I wonder if, if because it's going to be owned by Coca-Cola. So it's going to be Mexican Topo Chico and American Topo Chico? I wonder if that's going to change in any way. That'd be interesting. I mean, I love both products and I think they both are maybe different enough where they'll, it'll work. Because um, LaCroix, I like because... I don't think it's a competitor at all. Really? I I, I, I like LaCroix when I want a LaCroix. I want a Topo Chico when I want a Topo Chico. I'm not going to ever... But one is harder to find than the other, though. For sure. So I, if I'm going to see a Topo Chico next to a LaCroix, I'm going to pick a top, Topo Chico. See, for me, I don't know. I like both of them. And for when I want a Topo Chico, I just want like that straight carbonation, like... I feel like it's stronger than a San Pellegrino, stronger than a Perrier. It's just like straight, just hella bubbles. (laughs) But with LaCroix, like that little tiny hint of fruit is what's... So yeah, it's interesting they're being billed as competitors, but I'm ready for this coexist to happen. Yeah, I I, I definitely think they coexist. I don't think they need to compete with each other. I'd love to have both in my fridge more often. For sure. This is a segment called Saucin' on You, where we give you three food items and one you got to get rid of for the rest of your life. Oh man, that's a bold commitment. So here are the three. It's Mexican pozole, Vietnamese pho, and Japanese ramen. Oh, All right. is always so tough. So Mexican pozole is basically menudo minus... Guts. The guts. Deliciousness guts. The awful, right? Basically yeah. minus the awful. It's usually pork-based. Deep a red t- in color. A red color, tomato-based, and a lot of hominy and, and herbs and onions and turnips. Yeah, turnips. Yeah, yeah. When I make it, I, I add a tostada with crema on it. Um, Vietnamese pho. I think everyone kind of knows what that is. If you're not, then you're not paying enough attention to food. You can't be my friend yeah. if you don't know what Vietnamese spot is. You can't dine with dine peace. And the, and the third option is Japanese ramen, which I think everyone kind of knows what that is. Not cup of noodles, guys. Real ramen, tonkatsu, broth, tori pai ten. Salt, yes. Shio broth, salt yeah. base. Yeah. Many options. All right, Joy, I'm curious to know what you are going to get rid of for the rest of your life. Man, we've had two really good ones so far on this show. This one's tough. Because they're so different, right? Yeah, I'm just going to cut to it. Dropping pozole because it's not menudo. I like pozole more than I like menudo. Man. <laughs> I need the, I need all those those delicious, awful parts, though. I want the tripe. I want the, if they put a foot in there sometimes or a trotter. <laughs> it soaks up all the broth. And if I don't have it in this broth, it's just not as exciting for me. And usually, I'm also getting rid of it because um, I'm usually not going to have it unless I'm hungover. Which I will say the other two I'll eat if I'm not hungover. But usually if I'm hungover, that's what I would like. I mean, I agree with you also. Like, I love pozole, but I'll never, I don't ever crave it. Yeah, the and, other two. And really, the only time I eat it is when I make it. Yeah. Um, I don't go out of my way to look for pozole. Oh, I've never had yours. I will make it for you. It's pretty good. One of my patients in LA, her name is Rosa, but she owned Maria's of Hermosa Beach. Their pozole is amazing. I would always like try to pull the recipe from her when she was in my office and she wouldn't give it to me. And then finally she was like, Mija, like, yes, (laughs) she calls me Mija. She was like, 
I'm selling the restaurant, so I will give you my recipe wow. now. That must have been like an angel shining voice kind of moment. I was like, hell yes, thank you. Um, so yeah, when I make it, I, I follow her way, okay. which is actually way simpler than I thought. It's just a lot of TLC. Okay. Is it is it is it time intensive? Does it take a while? Yeah, it takes about, I would say, a good four hours. Actually, that's less sometimes than a good ramen broth or a good pho broth. Dude, my pho broth is 16 hours. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to get rid of pozole because I crave pho and I crave ramen. I, yeah, I don't know between those two which one I crave more than the other, but I do find myself getting them more than pozole. Because also, if I'm going to a taqueria that, or somewhere that would have it, I usually want tacos or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I crave ramen more than I crave pho. Really? I know I'm Vietnamese and it's probably sacrilegious for me to say that. I mean, I only eat pho if my mom makes it or I make it. Mm. Or maybe at some friend's house or something. So but I never order pho at a restaurant. So for the ones that really has to stay then, is it ramen? It's ramen. For me, ramen's got to stay because I, I don't know how to make it. I'm not going to invest the time to make it. And I'll just go eat it out. And I, I do crave it quite often. But pozole, you're great, but I'm not rocking with you as much. And like, I don't know. And I think the way I eat pozole is a little different. I shred the meat and I so put it in. So is this your pozole hack? It's the, my... The dime well, piece pozole hack? It's ampsole. <laughs> <laughs> so I basically make the, you know, I, I, I cook down the meat. I pull the meat aside, shred it. And then I take a tostada shell and spread some crema, uh, crema on it. I specifically like the Salvadorio one because it's a salt crema. Ooh. And then I kind of bite into it because my pozole is spicy. So the cream of the kind of... Every good one should be spicy, though. Yeah, yeah, of course. If I, if I had a mild one, I'd be devastated. Yeah. Pozole's good. I love you. I'm sorry. It's got to go. I'd much rather have ramen. Mm. Good call. So that wraps up episode three. Chavid Ding, what are you going to do in these next couple of weeks? Um, probably continue to be a bad vegetarian. <laughs> a faux-tarian? Yeah, faux-tarian. Faux-tarian. <laughs> like, I've been pretty good about it, but once in a while, you know, when something really awesome comes along, I'll have to make the exception. These days, I'm probably doing about 80-20, and uh, it's just the 20 days that are really fun, but the 80 days are awesome, too. I know today you're not going to be a vegetarian. No, not this was one of those 20% days. I'll go back to the 80% days we tomorrow. We picked up a 12-piece of Church's Chicken. <laughs> so, Dine Piece, you've got some fun stuff coming up, though. Yeah, apparently I'm going to be living in San Francisco part-time this month. Um, I have two trips coming up. First is going to be uh, Portland again uh, with a couple girlfriends. Nice. Uh, excited to eat at places that I love, like Porque No Tacos. Oh, you told me about that one before. It's with the uh, lengua something, right? A crispy lengua taco. See, and... that'd be for a 20% day for me. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, horchata barracha. Ooh. Can't wait to eat that. And then I think we're going to try a couple new places as well. Um, but I'm most excited about going to Mexico City. Nice. By the way, shout out to um, the Eat Trill folks in San Francisco for um, hosting all of these great taco nights at Wing Wings. Um, fundraising for, uh, we went to the Tacos for Texas one, but um, they recently just did a Tacos for Mexico. So shout out to them for caring and getting folks out to spend money and, and donating, helping people in need. Yeah. I was able to lock in reservation at Pujol. 
which is on season three of Chef's Table, I believe. I've seen that episode. The mole is just like, they just give it to you in like a like one circle blob, don't they? No, so it's called Mother Mole. They have a mole that I think right now it's like close to day 3000. Wow. And so there's a mother sauce and then inside of that mother sauce, they put a dollop of the new mole. Wow. So I, I hear that's amazing. Can't wait to try it. Kat and I have been practicing. Shout out to Kat. Shout out to Kat. Practicing drinking mezcal to prepare for this trip. We normally drink whiskey. I've got some here. We can practice after this. uh, (laughs) Any chance that we are together drinking, we've been ordering mezcal just to be comfortable. Prepare, yeah. Uh, Apparently in Mexico City there, it's called Sofritas? Oh, Sangrita. Sangrita. Sofrito Sangrita. They have those at Price Fighter. Yeah, Sangrita. Okay. Yeah, sounds good. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Yeah, thank you for listening and supporting like always. Make sure you follow. Oh, oh we forgot that? to mention that we're on iTunes now. Oh, yeah. Big things popping. <laughs> so, yeah, follow us on iTunes. Uh, subscribe. subscribe. Yeah. And like and comment. Look out on the IG. We might throw some food porn photos up there. And don't forget to let us know if you tried that Mulan Szechuan sauce. And of the ones got to go or, or saucing on you, let us know what you would get rid of. <laughs> but, yeah, thanks, guys. Thank you. Peace. See you in a couple weeks. Dude, in and out all the way.